It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Oh no, in front of the net, off the skate of Eklund, but the Sharks gobble it up. Down to nine seconds left in overtime, and here comes Granlin, moving in, dropping it back. Eklund the shot, he scores! He scores! William Eklund caps an astounding comeback with 4.3 seconds left in overtime. The Sharks win it, five to four! Yeah, it does, and I think we, to be honest, guys, we're playing hockey right now. We're playing so much more mature and so much more, you know, uh, we have a lot of skill in our game, so we, we're playing that, so you just got to keep going like that. All right, good afternoon, everyone. If you're like me, you are excited to watch the San Jose Sharks play against the Red Wings today, and I know that that seems like a crazy statement compared to where we were just a few short weeks ago. We go back a month's time. The San Jose Sharks were in a much, much worse off place. And I know that sounds kind of um, overall just kind of wild, but you know, a lot changed in that time. And we go back to where the Sharks were a month ago. And I keep on going to this because I feel it is an appropriate frame of reference. But if we look at where the Sharks were on the 7th of November, they were getting their first win of the year, a 2-1 hold on by the seat of your pants win against Philadelphia. And then a couple of nights later, they did something similar against uh, the Oilers. And, you know, obviously there have been losses along the way. They lost, you know, to Vegas, 5-0. They lost to Anaheim, 4-1. Competitive losses on the road. They lost to Florida, 5-3 at home. But again, competitive loss. They beat the Blues, got their offensive high point of the year, had a competitive loss against Vancouver, um, and then really the aberration since the two bad losses to start off the month of November, 7-1 to Seattle. Then it was a shootout loss to Montreal. It was a win against Vancouver. It was a win against the Capitals. It was a loss, albeit competitive, against the Bruins. And that takes us to the month of December, where, again, they continued playing better hockey. They got a quality 6-3 win against New Jersey, they lost in a wild game 6-5 last Sunday against the Rangers, the you know one of the best teams in the league at this point of the year. Then they got a wild overtime win against the Islanders on Tuesday night. And that brings us to tonight's game against Detroit. And Detroit, obviously one of the uh, better teams, improving teams in the NHL this year. And I think that should be taken very, very seriously as we get deeper into the year. They kind of remind me, um, although not quite on the same timeline, but you know, where the Kings are, where they're suddenly they're putting everyone on notice like, hey, we are for real. But, you know, the Sharks enter this game with an opportunity with two games left on this road trip to finish up um, three and three or maybe even four and two. And I don't say that to try and get out ahead of myself or think that the Sharks have suddenly turned a corner, but you've won two and you've lost two with two remaining on this road trip. And that, to me, provides great opportunity for San Jose as they will be going up against Detroit and then they'll be going up against Vegas Two very good teams, but again, you're now at a point where the Sharks are playing so much better hockey. 
They are playing with more confidence. They are playing with greater continuity. We're hopefully you get a little bit more of that swagger and you see what they can do against two really good teams on the road, knowing they have the opportunity to, A, going into this game, have a winning road trip, maybe four and two, and then the opportunity maybe when all is said and done to get a 500 road trip. If that's not the way it goes down, if they only win two out of six, if I had told you that a month ago, you would have been absolutely just to the moon. You've been like, all right, I love it. Let's do it. And then we look at the game coming up against Winnipeg, before they go back out onto the road to take on, um, you know, the Coyotes in Colorado, it's still, again, a very much improving team that I think everybody should be very much excited about as we go into these games. That's not to say that it's going to be smooth sailing or anything, but, you know, you're watching the Sharks turn into a much more competitive team, which for me makes for a much better product. And I think that uh, that, to me, has got to be the, the happy outcome right now. It's like, are they improving? Yes, they are. Are they doing it in relatively entertaining fashion where not every game is a win, but every game is entertaining? Yes, they are. But uh, we're going to talk more and more about this upcoming game against Detroit. I recorded this on Wednesday afternoon with the voice of the Detroit Red Wings, Ken Cal. So we will now get into that, learn about the Red Wings. Enjoy. All right, we are now joined on the Sharks Audio Network by Ken Cal, the voice of the Red Wings. Ken, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing good today, Ted. Uh, just coming back from Buffalo. Red Wings playing some pretty good hockey right now. we got a good uh, matchup coming up with the San Jose Sharks. Yes, I, I'm very excited for this, Ken, because um, I was I was nine years old when the Sharks started up, and in my mind, the rivalry that the Sharks and Red Wings once had uh, for those who don't remember, for those who never e- existed in that timeline that went, in my opinion, till about 2011. I mean, that was, for me, just so much fun. And I, I would love for that rivalry to be reborn. And I know that, you know, the Red Wings are obviously pointed in an upward trend and the Sharks are still climbing their way out of it. And we can, we'll probably get to the comparisons of where Detroit was versus where the Sharks are. But, um, I mean, are you with me? Would you like to see that rivalry uh, be reborn, even if it is a little bit difficult with them being in different conferences now? Well, I, I'm sure you enjoyed the rivalry, but I don't think Detroit fans liked it because it seemed like every time we played the San Jose Sharks in the playoffs, they always beat us and we could never move on. So it was kind of a, a you know, a tough rivalry. But I will say this, it was a lot of good hockey that was played between Detroit and San Jose. The crowds in San Jose always impressed me because uh, they were so loud and, you know, it seemed like every series back then went seven games and it all came right. down to a game seven and they always seemed to be played in San Jose. So that was a bummer for Red Wing fans and the Red Wings themselves. But again, yeah, I'd like to see it uh, happen. And again, just for me, I'm a long time closet Oakland Seals fan because my first game I ever went to in the National Hockey League was January 25th, 1969. And it was at the old Olympia and the Red Wings played the Oakland Seals. Norm Ferguson, who played for the Seals, actually scored a hat trick in that game. And that was the first road hat trick ever in Seals history. So I do go back with the Oakland Seals as well. Uh, a good friend is Len Shapiro, who was their communications director back in the day. So I am going to relay this story to him and uh, get his point of view on it because he is always up for uh, any opportunity to talk Seals hockey. I love that nugget. And uh, that's it's going to go into my arsenal now. Um, <laughs> you know, What's your view on the Sharks knowing that, you know, the Red Wings were for so good for so long? I mean, decades of excellence, and that's not even, you know, hyperbole. 
but the team had to go through some tough times is on the upward trend right now. I, I love watching Red Wings hockey right now. Every time I turn on a game, I feel like I'm watching something pretty spectacular. But having been through that, looking at where the Sharks are right now, Ken, what do you see? Well, they're going through the same thing the Red Wings went through. And for 25 years, the Red Wings made the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, now it's been seven years and the Red Wings have missed the playoffs. And it just goes to show you what the National Hockey League is these days. And your window of opportunity as far as winning a Stanley Cup, if you build your team the right way, uh, lasts just a short amount of time. And, you know, you can see teams like the Chicago Blackhawks. They won three Stanley Cups, and then all of a sudden they're on the bottom of the steering wheel, so to speak, right now, and they're going through a rebuilding process. The same happened with the Red Wings. They were on top of the steering wheel for so many years, and then they went on to the bottom, and now they're slowly through the draft and acquiring free agents starting to to make their way uphill. That's what I see with the San Jose Sharks right now. Um, it's going to be some pain right now for the team, but you know if they do rebuild properly – which most teams seem to do these days, eventually they're going to get back up to winning championships. What has been the big change for the Red Wings this year to where finally it, it and I, I know we're early, I'm not trying to jinx anything, but it feels like that page has been turned. Well, you know, it, it, the Red Wings are off to a good start, as you know, and right now as we speak, they're in second place in the Atlantic Division. They're the highest scoring team, believe it or not, in the Eastern Conference. They've scored the most goals, and I think their power play has been terrific. And the, the goal scoring, which really hasn't been around here in Detroit for the last several years, is finally coming to fruition. So I think the Red Wings, Steve Eiserman in the offseason, really did a good job of getting some talented players here through free agency. Guys like Andrew Kopp a couple of years ago, JT Comfer, and they really bolstered their blue line core. They've got uh, seven defensemen right now with a lot of NHL experience, and you know, in the last several years, the Red Wings were counting perhaps on maybe some young players to step in and try to earn a spot on this team. Well, they just weren't ready yet. So in the meantime, the Red Wings have a good crop of young, talented players that are getting some valuable experience playing in the American Hockey League with the Grand Rapids Griffins. And in the meantime, the experienced players on the blue line, guys like Petrie and Sherratt and Ole Mata, uh, players like that, uh, Wallman, who has been terrific, teamed up with Mo Sider all season long. They've got some really good depth right now on the blue line and some valuable NHL experience as well. On the flip side of that, what are you concerned about with the Red Wings? Well, it's a long season, and they're right. in a tough division. And, you know, we talk about the Red Wings right now. Well, you never know. Anything can happen. And even the teams on the outside looking in right now aren't too far behind. The Red Wings are just only a couple of points in second place or actually one point in second place as we speak, but they're probably about five points. I haven't looked today, but they're probably five or six points of missing the playoffs. So you go through a bad streak and another team gets hot and you can be on the outside looking in. But I like the way the, the, way the Red Wings have been playing, Ted. They're, 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 there's an attention to detail, especially playing – on both sides of the puck, uh, their overall defensive game has improved over a couple of years ago, and they're getting some pretty solid goalkeeping right now. And they've got three goaltenders that are really providing a lot of uh, competition between the pipes. You know, Reimer, who you saw last year in San Jose, he's in the mix. Alex Lyon, who's won four straight games now after losing his first game in Sweden. And then you've got Billy Husso, who's been the number one goaltender for Detroit, and he should play in the game against San Jose. So there's a lot of good competition in goal for Detroit right now as well. In terms of the way the season has 
played out. If I were to play devil's advocate and say this team lost to Florida, uh, this team lost to the Rangers, um, you know, those are two really, really good teams right now. Do I take too much of that and say that the Red Wings aren't there yet? Or do we say this is, you know, that's kind of their next step in their evolution is to be able to beat teams like that? Well, yeah, you have to beat the teams that are better than you. But most importantly, you got to beat the teams that are behind you as well. Good case in point was the Red Wings won back-to-back games against Montreal and Buffalo. you got to win those games. Those are tough division games. But with that said, I can tell you that the Red Wings have beaten the Boston Bruins twice in regulation already right. this year. So how do you how do you figure all that out? You just have to go through the season. You have to play each and every game as a single game, and then you hope in the end you can have enough points to make the playoffs and then try to figure it out. Uh, playing against a solid club whom you're going to have to play in the first or second round of the playoffs if you can advance. For people who have not watched as much Red Wings hockey this year, what do you look for in a game and what should Sharks fans uh, look for in a game to see that the, the Red Wings are doing what they want to have happen out there on the ice? Well, good things are starting to happen here in Detroit. And I think if you're a Shark fan or even a Red Wing fan, tomorrow night's game is going to be a bonus because Patrick Kane is expected to play for the Red Wings in that game. Now, we all know he went through some offseason surgery. Right. Not many players have been able to come back from the type of surgery that he has. But then again, he's Patrick Kane. And <laughs> even if he's not 100% or how he was in his prime, he certainly knows how to play the game. He's a smart player. He's very talented still. He can help out on the power play. He can win you a point if you go into a shootout because he seems to relish that situation. So it'll be a real treat tomorrow for the Red Wings to take on those uh, San Jose Sharks with Patrick Kane in the lineup. And and again, I think it's just the balanced scoring that the Red Wings are getting right now. In years gone by, this was a one-line team. They had Larkin, Raymond, Bertuzzi up front. You can even go back to when Anthony Mantha was here. And if the top line wasn't scoring, the Red Wings were done. They were finished. But now they're getting contributions from all four lines. They're getting some offense from their defensemen, especially guys like Shane Gostaspear. And that's really helped this Red Wing team. When Kane signed, what was your reaction? Obviously, you know, big names, no strangers to Detroit, but he is specifically a you know, all-time talent. And like you alluded to, there is, though, the fact that not a lot of players have come back from that hip resurfacing surgery. It's, you know, we're in a new era of sports medicine where guys are coming back from things that they didn't used to. Well, I think I look at it as a bonus, and it's kind of a win-win situation for everybody involved. And we don't know how Patrick Kane is going to play. We don't know if he can absorb the physical play in, in a National Hockey League game. We just have to wait and see how it all plays out. Keep in mind, players that come in after missing a month or two months of the season, they're always behind the eight ball. So I'm, I'm sure the coaching staff are going to watch his minutes. They're going to watch him intently out there. And, you know, the Red Wings, I think the, the contract was $2.6 million, and that's a drop in the bucket in today's uh, NHL. And if, if King is able to help out, boy, that's a bonus for Detroit. And if he can help them, you know, win, win games and get into a playoff spot. That's a bonus too. If he doesn't pan out, well, it was worth the try. Right. And the Red Wings gave him a shot. There's gotta be a sense of excitement though. Like I'm sure you're at practice and you're looking and you're thinking to yourself like, yeah, that that's exactly who I think it is skating out there. Well, it kind of reminds me back in the day when the Red Wings uh, had all those superstars before the salary cap. And I, I can remember the 2001, 2002 season when Kenny Holland just started signing everybody. And you start looking at the talent that was already here and guys like Iserman and Fedorov and Shanahan. Then they bring in Dominic Hoshik. They bring in Luke Robitaille. 
uh, Larry Onoff was here. I mean, that, that team was a star studded team. And I kind of get the same feeling with a guy like Patrick Kane. Here's a guy that's probably in his prime was one of the top, if not the best player in the national hockey league. And I know he's uh, 35 years old right now, but he's, he's a big name. He's a big draw and he can still play hockey. And it's, it's good that the Red Wings are starting to draw some talent again in the free agent market. Guys didn't want to come here when the Red Wings obviously were, you know, at the bottom of the standings. And now it seemed like uh, with Steve Eiserman bringing in the, the talent that he's brought in, players want to play here now. And I want to tell you something with the facilities that we have here in Detroit mm-hmm. at little Caesars arena, especially for the players and any player, if they saw the facilities here at little Caesars arena would fall in love and want to play with this team because it's top notch. And that helps also in recruiting players as well. What's your thought on Iserman and the role he's played in the league as an executive being pointed to as kind of the model now for putting teams together? Well, he's always preached patience, and it's hard for a fan base. They want instant success, but uh, he said that there was going to be some pain when he took over several years ago, and it was going to take time. He never really put a time frame on you know when this team was going to be better or make the playoffs or win another Stanley Cup. But you can see that this team has gotten better each and every year, and he's brought in players that fit his mold, guys that can play on both sides of the puck. You know, Andrew Kopp is a good example of that, and uh, JT Comfer is another good example of that. Veteran defensemen who can play the game, they won't get rattled when the game's on the line. Uh, solid goalkeeping. So, so he's been piecing all this together, and in the meantime, he's been stocking up a lot of good young talent through the draft that aren't ready to play right now in the National Hockey League, Ted, but are getting valuable experience with the Grand Rapids Griffins in the American Hockey League. Guys like Simon Edvinson, uh, Amadeus Lombardi, uh, Sebastian Costa, goaltender perhaps in the future. So the Red Wings are playing good, solid hockey here in Detroit, but in the meantime, they've got some really good young talent that will be able to help this Red Wing team down the road in Grand Rapids right now. And then I guess getting back to the issue at hand being the game, you know, is there... Is there messaging going around not to sleep on the Sharks? Because obviously they made headlines earlier this year, losing 10-1 and 10-2 in back-to-back games to Vancouver and the Pens. But since then, they've been playing closer to to 500 hockey. They've beaten some quality teams along the way, and they're coming back an impressive come-from-behind victory against uh, the Islanders uh, just last night. Ted, this is the National Hockey League. I've been around 29 years, and I know you can't take a day off in the NHL because no matter what your record is, if you don't, if you're not ready to play, you're going to lose and you're going to lose the game. So you've got to really be focused on getting off to a good start. And I know the Sharks have struggled. Um, as you mentioned, they were off to a bad start, but they're starting to play some really good hockey right now. They're putting the puck in the net. Uh, their road record really hasn't been terrific, but yet, you know, they won a big game against the New York Islanders. So, you know, they're always a threat. It doesn't matter where you're at in the standings. you got to be ready to play, and I'm sure the Red Wings will be ready to play a San Jose team that really wants to, you know, make – they're on a long trip right now, and they want to win. Ken, I will let you go because I know you have stuff to do, but I am always excited when the Sharks and Red Wings meet. It will always mean more to me. Have a great call, and I'll bug you again soon, all right? Ted, sounds good, and I had a really good candid conversation with uh, Dan Rusanowski today. I want to congratulate him on winning the Foster Hewitt Award. I've known Dan ever since he was uh, a, a Cub broadcaster with the New Haven Nighthawks. Uh, the San Jose Shark fan base really love his broadcast, and well-deserving to Dan, so if you see him again, just tell him I said congratulations, and I'll see him tomorrow. Love it, Ken. Appreciate your time, man, and we'll talk soon, all right? Sounds good, Ted. Always a pleasure.
Again, that is Ken Cal, the voice of the Detroit Red Wings, and we are out of time. Pre-game 3.30, go time 4, right here on the Sharks Audio Network as San Jose takes on Detroit. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen. Thank you.